0: And welcome to Sawbones, a mural tour of misguided medicine I am your uh, co-host, Justin McElroy
1: And I'm Sydney McElroy Sydney,
0: uh, I want to say belated happy birthday to you
1: Oh, well, thank you, Justin
0: um, It was your, your 31st birthday, and I'm 33 And I can't help but thinking, like, do you feel We
1: are old, is that what you were going to say? So we are getting crazy so crazy
0: old? old that we're older than anybody who's ever lived But that's not what it's I was going to
1: 31 felt old
0: 31 felt old. Yeah, huh?
1: 30 didn't feel old.
0: 31 feels 31 old. 31
1: feels cuz it's like it's anticlimactic.
0: Yeah, it's like 31.
1: Now I will continue on into my 30s. And,
0: yeah, marching. I remember when I was in college, I thought people who were in their 30s were the oldest people on earth. We had one guy in our like group of friends who like secretly hit 30 and it was like a sec- it was like a dirty secret. Did you hear he's 30? <laughs> he turned 30. Like it really happened. Anyway, Sid, you're 31 on 33. I feel like we're running low on time for our great invention
1: did you have anything particular in mind no we are going to invent I don't have any particular
0: areas of expertise or any specific creativity but like I feel like we're running low on time for our great like I just want to know that after I'm gone something will be named after me like you know
1: like your legacy like the thing that my
0: legacy like you know the guy that invented Totino's pizza rolls like they named Uh those Totino's after him like you think that
1: guy was named Totino?
0: Yeah, was Totino, it? and they were Totino's pizza Roll.
1: Was that his? Is that his first name or last name?
0: Both. Totino. Totino. <laughs> are you
1: <laughs> like the founder of West Virginia, Morgan? Morgan.
0: Morgan. Morgan. Right. Uh, <laughs> do you? <laughs> so what?
1: What? What do you think it will be? I don't do you know. Justinize something or Justini- you not, justin? Justinification. Justification.
0: Justinize. I'm having. Are you really
1: justin that? That sounds negative. That sounds
0: negative, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't
1: know. We'll think about it you know um the doctor we're going to talk about today succeeded in this goal
0: yeah what did he what he get
1: yeah well have you ever heard of the word mesmerize i have
0: i have heard of mesmer mesmerization
1: mesmerization mesmerism, mesmerism, mesmerism? perhaps or maybe
0: me- mesmerizing right yeah to mesmerize
1: to mesmerize that's a dude yes. yeah franz anton mesmer mesmer yep franz anton mesmer what was his deal so, uh, Dr. Mesmer was born in Germany in 1734. To uh, His father was a master forester. I only mention that because I didn't know there were such things as master foresters. You keep
0: ch- chopping them down and planting new ones. You'll get there someday, young Padawan.
1: How, how many trees do you have to chop down, do you think, to become a master forester?
0: You know, here's the surprising thing. It's 50. It's not hard.
1: It's <laughs> not that hard. It's
0: a very low maybe, bar.
1: Maybe there's quality measures, too, not just quantity. Like, you have to chop down 50 trees, but...
0: You chop down fifty trees, but if one tree falls on you, you lose your standing for a week.
1: So is that all it is? If you can survive chopping down survive fifty chopping trees, survive chopping down the
0: trees, don't stand where because it's hard to guess where they're gonna bar. fall. I don't know.
1: Well, I think that's part of becoming a master forester is you know when, right. you know which way they're gonna fall. You
0: gotta get your trig out, get your graph paper, and just go for it. <laughs>
1: So he did not follow in his father's forestry footsteps,
0: right? Because he can't track him because his dad's too good at foresting.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't even think we know what he leave, Forestry is. At he this doesn't point.
0: leave footsteps.
1: He, <laughs> um, <laughs> he instead he studied medicine. Ah. Oh, boring. Yeah, a little more Loser, conventional. Uh, at the University of <laughs> There's Vienna. There's a
0: whole forest out there for you, son. I thought I'd leave this to you. You've let me down today, Franz. There's
1: so many trees still standing. <laughs>
0: I swore when I was your age I would remove every cursed tree from this greater
1: <laughs> every tree in Germany.
0: Let me down, Franz. Oh, okay, Franz. so Franz studied medicine.
1: He studied medicine. He, uh, he actually, I think this is kind of interesting. His doctoral dissertation was um, on the influence of planets on the human body.
0: Mm, okay,
1: this was basically, and we'll see this kind of theme echoed. So it's made up. It. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> the, the idea is that there are tides in the human body mm-hmm. like of fluids or whatever and that they're influenced by the movements of planets and the moon kind of like the tides of the ocean are influenced by the moon i mm-hmm. mean um, it affects your health and mental well-being and all that hmm. I, I think what the weirdest part about this is that this was probably just plagiarized
0: Good start, Franz. Good start. (laughs) So
1: it's kind of a bizarro theory, and it wasn't even his. Oh man,
0: that's not a good start, Franz. But keep going.
1: I don't, and I found that mentioned several places, and it. I found two different things about it. One, it didn't seem like that big a deal. So maybe the guy who really made up the theory was like. Well, know.
0: it seems dumb in retrospect. He's welcome. Let's, to
1: let's it. let it be that Mesmer guy's fault. And two, it was also mentioned several times that it was pretty commonplace to plagiarize your huh.
0: dissertation. Uh, nobody could <laughs> read anyway back then. It's it practically caveman times.
1: So. <laughs> I thought that was pretty. So there's the justification. So maybe you should. Hey, if you're working on your doctoral dissertation, just plagiarize well, it and one. then say, I am following in a grand tradition of,
0: of stealing. <laughs>
1: This is just what you do. Where
0: was he operating out of?
1: So uh, at that point, he started practicing medicine in Vienna. Um, he married a, a very, very rich lady, uh, and you know, this is always that point I feel like in our episodes where he could have just had a really rockin' life, right? Just
0: yeah, everything was going fine.
1: He he's a super rich doctor. He's living in Vienna. He's got a big fancy house. He's a huge patron of the arts. He's like a buddy of Mozart's. Well, I mean, Mozart was like 12, I think, when they met. So, I mean, I don't know about buddy. but I actually
0: wonder if there's something to that. Like, if you don't have enough money, then you're basically like focused on paying the rent and keeping food and clothes on your kids' backs. So well, you shouldn't put food on your kids' backs. So you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, and Unless
1: that's a weird game that you make them play. Yeah. Like, who can get the food off of your brother's back first? <laughs> the only thing
0: that distract us from the hunger most nights. <laughs> Uh, I, but maybe like once you're like independently wealthy, it leaves the brain free to wander into stupid alleys where it can find (laughs) dumb ideas.
1: Well, that's exactly what he did. You know, instead of just enjoying this really rockin' life, he, uh, started experimenting with magnets. Um, he had actually in one experiment, he would have a, he had a patient swallow like a, a compound that contained iron. And then he would attach magnets to various places on her
0: to try to figure out where food goes when you eat it.
1: <laughs> no, just to influence her health and well-being it's with magnets.
0: People are still doing that. So
1: people have people have always been fascinated with magnets. We I don't think they we've ever them. done a we they have done a show on this. We should do a show on this at some point. But magnets are a big thing. Um, when it was over, she felt a lot better. And what was weird about it is that, you know, this is the kind of story that you would think would lead into. And so he came up with the idea that magnets should be used in medicine. No. Instead, he thought, you know what? I don't think it was the magnets. I think it was me. <laughs> I, I know it seems like it would be the magnets. What do you mean? <laughs> this is how he came up with his theory of animal magnetism. This is really what it's it called. was
0: something raw between me and Victoria. Something <laughs> visceral that I think healed her was my my personal sexual charisma.
1: <laughs> You're not that far off. Okay. It's really the idea. Okay, so uh, wellness, you know, health is, is the free flow of energy throughout the body. That's what he believed. That it, there are these channels throughout the body. And if this fluid, this, I don't know, this... And it magnetic fluid. I mean, the fluid is does have a magnetic property. If it can flow freely, then you're healthy. But when one of those channels gets blocked, you get sick. So when you are sick, the only way to fix that is to transfer energy from another person into you. Or it could even be from an inanimate object, as long as it was imbued with the magnetic energy of a person who was a really great conductor.
0: Okay got it so he thought i i'm a great conductor of magnetism energy of healing energy
1: right so you don't need the magnets you just need mesmer
0: i wish more doctors did this like i don't know (laughs) i gave her aspirin and her headache went away but i i think there was something there though
1: (laughs) i don't think it was the aspirin i think it was me i'm gonna
0: call her (laughs) (laughs) phones haven't been invented yet but i'm gonna give her a telegram or something.
1: No remember, it's not just a like a sexual, um, you know, personal connection kind of energy. It it was this kind of um I mean you could think of it in a very platonic way. It's an energy that all all of us need and some of us are just better carriers of mm-hmm. and so we can pass it on. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily a like a sexual attraction. Okay. Um so once you overcome these blockages with the help of this, you know, magnetic energy. Uh, It'll restore balance to your system. Um, And the energy itself, like I said, it's this magnetic fluid that's in your body. And he believed that it was made of air and fire and spirit.
0: Okay. So he was still workshopping that bit of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Aren't those like what Captain Planet is made of? Or at least part of? It's
0: most of the Captain Planet (laughs) team.
1: And heart is in there. I don't know. Wind, I think? Wind? Water? Isn't that air? I don't know.
0: Air, fire, wind. Earth. Earth, Wind, and Fire.
1: Earth, Wind, and Fire.
0: <laughs> the Temptations. <laughs> Chicago. And more this summer at Soulfest, coming out to the River Bend. We've got wanna, all the greats. You
1: want to talk about some animal magnetism. Yeah, right. Thank you.
0: Wait till Lionel Richie gets up on the mic. <laughs> okay, sorry.
1: Um. So, okay, in Vienna, he he didn't get a lot of footing with this theory. <laughs> Um, He started trying to practice it. He was on faculty at the medical school there, and that was not, people were not down with this. Yeah. Um, And actually, what did him in in Vienna, as far as, you know, his respectability, was where he, he kind of succeeded. I think this is really weird. What I read initially is that he tried to restore the sight of a blind musician. He couldn't do it, and he was kind of, you know, publicly shamed afterwards. Mm-hmm. What it what it really was is that he tried to restore the sight of Maria theresa von Paradis, who was actually she was a blind pianist, and Mozart actually wrote a piece for her. Hmm. So, kind of a big deal. Okay. Um, he attempted. She had been struck blind suddenly at the age of three. He attempted to restore her sight, and from the accounts that I read from her family, he did partially succeed. Okay. Now I again, I don't know that this proves any of his animal magnetism theories. No. But somehow the fact that she could sort of see actually made her unhappier than before. It made her life worse. It it um mm. she didn't rely on her like her finger memory to play piano anymore. She started looking mm-hmm. and it caused her to make mistakes because obviously her eyesight was still very poor. Right. Uh, and she, I mean, she still probably by today's standards would have been considered legally blind, but it started making her life worse. And she wrote that she was happier before this ever happened to her. And basically the family kind of blamed him for even more problems than she'd already encountered in her life. And he was shamed and kicked off faculty and had to move
0: wild. Okay.
1: Kind of a weird story.
0: Yeah, that is a weird story. Um, <laughs> and then he set out to ruin blind people across the world,
1: <laughs> by, by partially restoring their sight. That's his
0: origin story.
1: <laughs> he, uh, at that point he moved to Paris.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and there he was. He was met with some mixed reviews. Um, <laughs> people had kind of heard of him, and they were like, "Oh no, that's that weird guy, the one who you know hangs Nobody out with likes Mozart. That guy. Nobody likes him." Um, but then he recruited one follower, a uh, uh, Dr. Charles. De Eslan, who was actually really well respected in Paris, um, that's he all was, it takes
0: is one. You convince one exactly. normal person to believe in you.
1: Well, and that's and that's pretty much what happened. This one regular doctor who everybody liked said, "You know, I actually think there's something here." And boom, there you go. Um, at that point, uh, he really started developing his treatments. So I want to tell you about the the treatments that he used to, you know. Uh, uh, practice his animal magnetism theory. I'm ready. Okay, so first of all, you could just go to Mesmer or to Eslan once he was trained appropriately to uh, to have one-on-one therapy. Okay. So one-on-one therapy is when you go and you go, I don't know, I don't feel good. Whatever you don't feel good, you know, whatever that means. You're um, sad or your stomach hurts or you broke your foot or whatever. All of the above. All of the above. It's a, Again, this would be a cure-all. So you go to Mesmer, and he sits across from you, and he might touch your hands for a while.
0: Well, that's nice.
1: Or maybe just put his hand right below your diaphragm, like in the area of your stomach, right below your diaphragm. Okay,
0: hey there, hotshot. Let's slow it down a little bit. How about some dinner? What do you think?
1: And then just hold it there. Okay. And then he would probably wave his hands kind of around your body, like around your head and over your sides,
0: this would be the moment that I'd start to suspect my $20 had been wasted.
1: <laughs> and this this could go on for hours.
0: Mm. <laughs> wow. Just this keeps getting better and better.
1: <laughs> now, um, if this is too weird for you. It is. Maybe you want to bring a buddy. You know, bring a friend along. Okay. And, uh, and go in like a group. You know, this seems like the kind of thing where if you're not familiar with it, maybe you want to go as like a group of people.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: So in group therapy, and and again, this is probably a bunch of like rich people (laughs) in Paris. You would you'd all go in together and you would sit around a baquet. What's a baquet? It's like French for tub. (laughs) All right. But a baquet was like this big uh, wooden tub uh, with a lid on it. And it was filled with water and iron filings and broken glass. (laughs) Okay. But there's a lid on it, so you didn't see that.
0: Okay. Um,
1: But he would tell you that. I mean, it was like a secret, but that was in there. There were like holes in the top of the lid. And you would have like the number of holes dictate how many patients you could treat at one time. So each one would sit at one of the holes. And there was like a glass bottle with a metal rod sticking out of it that would extend out of the hole. Okay. Okay. So you kind of get the idea.
0: Yeah. You had me grab a picture before we got started. So I'm, I'm looking at what I assume is a back hay now.
1: That is a back hay. Okay. Okay. You go, and you can look this up. If it kind of having... looks like a Mr.
0: Uh, no, not a Mr. Bucket. The the crazy uh, water, like the <laughs> octopus water toy that you'd hook a hose into and it sprays water
1: everywhere. It does. And water like the, everywhere. Little, the little metal thing sticking out of it would start squirting around in the air and yeah, spraying right. water all over the place. Yeah. It did not do that.
0: It looks like if a spider got super fat and its legs could no longer reach the ground. <laughs> it
1: does look like With a
0: roulette big, wheel on top.
1: A big fat spider. Like a
0: big fat spider.
1: Uh, there were also some ropes hanging off of the device that were mainly like to attach you to the device and to attach
0: In case things just got like so cray.
1: <laughs> and to attach each other, you to each other. So you like you'd kind of all like either hold hands or tie yourselves together in a big circle. Um, And then you would, like, set the metal rod, like, on your body somewhere. Okay. Like, you could hold it, or it could, like, rest on your shoulder or your stomach, probably wherever you were having a problem. Okay. Okay? So, once everybody was in place, Mesmer would take over. And this is why, I think this, more than anything, is why Mesmerize means all the things it does now. Mm -hmm. So, you got to understand, you would, he would do these treatments in his home, So you'd come with all your rich friends, all your fancy rich friends, to his very fancy, you know, Parisian home. And it was, I mean, just the, you know, decadence and opulence just gorgeously outfitted. And you would be led through these beautiful rooms to the room where you would, you know, sit around the bouquet. It was all dimly lit. There would be this, like slow, beautiful, trance-like music playing, and he was, you know, elaborately dressed. Okay, and he so would... wait a minute. I hate
0: to stop you. You are basically describing the plot of Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> that is basically what is happening here. Dr. Mesmer is basically Dr. Frankenfurter, and he is basically, <laughs> basically, exactly Rocky Horror Picture Show, is what you're describing to me right now.
1: That's pretty much it.
0: Basically a bunch of rich people doing the time warp
1: that's all it is. Thinking
0: of those moments when,
1: <laughs> and and that was a big a big part of it is that these people would come in and they is were the time warp. <laughs> the that time was... warp is it? Then they would do the time warp, <laughs> and then I always figured it must uh, when I read about this it must break out into one of those like eyes wide shut orgy scenes. Oh no question, right? this is
0: all orgy pretense. <laughs> like that's obvious totes. Sobs. very nice try old timey people but we here in 2014 are on to you this is total orgy pretense
1: we know what you're doing we know, we know what's what you're up. doing
0: we know your game
1: so you picture we have all of the these- internet all of these gorgeously dressed women in their big wigs and everybody's like sitting around this thing and they're listening to this music and it's it's dark and it's, you know, everybody's like, oh my gosh, the luxury and they're holding these things and they're waiting for something amazing to happen. And then Mesmer starts wandering around the room talking because there could, there could be three of these going at the same time in the room, talking in this quiet voice, encouraging everyone to whisper, don't talk out loud, whisper if you must. And, and basically working them into kind of a trance. Okay. And he would carry a wand and touch them with his wand periodically. And then he would wave his hands around them and wave his hands around the bouquet as a way of kind of controlling the fluids inside. He would say, supposed, I'm controlling the, the fluids. What are
0: they supposed to be getting out of the bouquet? Like what is, is it, Is there heat coming from the pipes or is there water or nothing? No, there's
1: nothing about it. That's no, it's not doing anything. It just looks
0: like a big, stupid ice cream maker. Yes. with (laughs) With like metal rods coming off.
1: No, the, because again, it was coming from Mesmer these were conducting fluids like yeah they've got iron and they've got water and we we're kind of vaguely like mimicking something that sounds like science like there's an electricity thing but really i mean the idea is that it's coming from mesmer is that he is able to steer the fluids in the container which are helping to steer the fluids in you and what he's working you towards and what many people would have during these sessions is a crisis (laughs) good (laughs) good So if when the treatments finally worked on you, and again, a lot of people in the room would have this crisis during these treatments, uh, you could this could manifest in a variety of ways. You might throw up. You might start coughing. You might start spitting things. Um, You may enter like a hypnotic trance like state and just become very calm and still, or you may become insane for a minute.
0: Just a bit. That's very common. It will pass.
1: Whatever happened, it was only temporary. And in that moment, when you entered crisis, the belief, his belief, is that you could look through your own body and see the source of your own illness and correct it. Mm. So find that blockage and fix it. Okay. And in these group therapies, he took it a step further and and said that in that moment, you could also see inside the people around you. In order to help them understand their illness and it, fix it.
0: If you did it exactly right, you'd see the matrix. What I'm telling you <laughs> is, when you're ready, you won't have to dodge.
1: This was. This is also how you see things in like those 3D pictures. You know, with the squiggly lines. Right.
0: Where you to <laughs> slightly cross your eyes. Yeah.
1: Um, a lot of people would leave convinced that whatever was wrong with them was better, at least for the time being.
0: Yeah, like, after that, it's either that or tell people what happened. I think you just <laughs> want to go with, oh, yeah, it's way better. Mm-hmm.
1: It was it was also a very, like, trendy thing. It was very, like, the well-to-do enjoyed it, and a lot of women would go back just for, like, a diversion. Like, it was a fun thing to do. Was
0: that being mesmerized? Like, was that what the...
1: That is uh today yes that's that that is where that would have come from. Now, I mean I, at the time they weren't saying like oh you were mesmerized but yes that is what we're referencing. My problem with this harder franchise. <laughs> no, you need mesmer. You
0: have to have mesmer there. Good and, for him, bad for, you know, the the Mesmer Mesmer Incorporated.
1: Which is probably why it didn't catch on that hugely is that he I mean he trained he had a protege um Charles Eslon but I you don't read about his treatments being like this.
0: Oh, and Deslon Eyes is like doesn't exactly trip off the tongue.
1: No. Um, during this time period, as he was gaining some, you know, popularity, he did write a book. So there is a book where you can read about all this if you're interested, and where he outlines animal magnetism and practices. He did win some favorite. Marie Antoinette was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, and, and there there were some societies of harmony, they were called, that were springing up around France. And they were basically groups of followers of Mesmer who um, would have somebody kind of be the leader in the group who would learn the techniques. Uh, and then they would have like little meetings different places around France and probably other places in Europe, to be fair. It, it eventually spread somewhat to England and to the U.S. Um, and you could pay and become a member of these little weird Societies. So, he did do some
0: franchising. He knew he had to get it out there a little
1: yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. There was some limited, you know, interest in it, but it, there was a lot of controversy. This was not something that was widely accepted. Um, there were people who thought it was good, and then there were plenty of people who criticized it. Uh, there was actually a play written about it. So, if you're ever interested, Elizabeth Inchbald wrote uh, Animal Magnetism, which was a farce hmm. of the practice and, and, a, and a huge send up of it at the time. Mm hmm. Um,
0: I bet that'd be, still be a just a total gut buster today.
1: <laughs> I, I was thinking we should do it with our children's theater. We'll reenact it, yeah. Don't you think? I th- I can't think of anything better than a bunch of 12 and 13-year-old girls mm-hmm. acting this out.
0: I Yeah, I'd pay to see that.
1: Um, so this sounds like, you know, this is the kind of thing that could have just kept going. You know, it, it had a modest following and rich people liked it and... He was a, you know, an attractive, cool guy. But Louis XVI stepped in and uh, said, you know, I think I'm not a big fan of this. For whatever reason, it upset him. It made him mad. And he said, I want an independent commission to investigate this and find out if there's any truth to any of this. Not so much he was not, and this is very important, he was not seeking to prove that Mesmer was a quack, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to find out if this whole idea of like animal magnetism and this magnetic fluid that may or may not be in the body, if any of this was true.
0: So he got together a crew.
1: Yes. So he got together, get together a crew, actually, that included Benjamin Franklin. He was
0: in town, if you went up.
1: And it actually, the, uh, the commission met at Franklin's house. Um, because he was older and sick at the time, and it was just easier for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Mesmer, in a very clever move, did not go himself. He sent Deslon ah. <laughs> and said, hey, why don't you go, you know, answer all these questions because you're such a good, you know, you understand this as well as I do. <laughs> good buddy.
0: <laughs> oh pal.
1: Hey, don't you want to meet Ben Franklin? <laughs> Imagine it. <laughs> he you invented think, bifocals. He'll tell you the kite
0: story, I bet.
1: <laughs> go check it out. So... They, so Deslon went, and they he walked them all, this commission through the theories and explained everything to them, showed I'm sure, showed them the bouquet and all of the different things they did. Um, and then they put him through some tests. And one of the tests, um, that I thought was a great example of of what this was, So they asked him to magnetize something. Okay. He said, okay, so you you were a follower of Mesmer. You have this b- ability to transfer energy through yourself so magnetize a tree
0: all right now see even i know that this (laughs) is going to be problematic
1: (laughs) find any tree on the grounds go magnetize it with your hand waving and then we're going to blindfold this 12 year old boy that we've got hanging around
0: (laughs) sure okay
1: (laughs) and we're going to have him go find the tree uh by feeling the magnetic forces that you have you know imbued the tree with okay okay How'd that work? So he magnetized a tree, they blindfolded the kid, uh, and he wandered around the yard, and he continued to wander further and further away from the (laughs) appropriate tree, uh, saying, I think I'm getting closer, I think I'm getting closer, I'm feeling the the magnetic force, and then he passed out. So...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not a great showing for animal magnetism.
1: No, so it didn't work. (laughs) Um, that was not, I would say, not a successful test. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I don't know all of the other uh, magnetic kid Olympics that they, that right. Whatever tests of skill that they had. I don't know if this was just like a school field day that happened to overlap, and yeah. they're like, we'll just kill two birds with one stone here, and and almost
0: kill one kid.
1: <laughs> uh, I have no reason to think that the kid wasn't okay. If anybody's worried by all accounts the kid was fine he just passed out from wandering the yard aimlessly blindfolded looking for a magnetic tree
0: so i'm assuming that was pretty much the end of of mesmerism
1: that pretty much was uh they at that at that point they wrote up a report and basically said if there are any effects it's imagination and that put an end to um mesmer practicing a lot in paris he actually after this left france which was probably good for him because this is right before everybody started getting guillotined ah, okay right before the reign of terror so it was probably a good thing that they they did him a big favor um he was exiled though after that uh he still lived out the rest of his life rich i should say oh thank god now what exactly he did i don't know he was still a patron of the arts he still loved music um, but I don't think he did much in the way of medicine after this. Okay. Now, the great thing about people like this is that no matter how bizarre their theories and practices, ugh, there's always going to be somebody to pick that pick up that ball and keep running. Sure, with it. Right. So the legacy he leaves behind, other than obviously the word mesmerize, which, you know, we all know now where that comes from is that there were people still practicing this throughout different parts of Europe and then again in the US uh, until the 1920s. Wow. So we're talking about the Jeez, late like 1700s to the 1920s. Yeah, like
0: 150 years something like that. Yeah.
1: That, that. that these uh, after long after he died, uh, people are still pra- people were still practicing mesmerism. Um, the if you remember from our phrenology episode we talked about the Fowler brothers. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, They got into mesmerism as well. Oh, good. That was part of their business. Um, Where you would, I mean, and this is essentially the same kind of thing. You would sit down with a practitioner and they'd wave their hands around you and put you in sort of some kind of trance-like state and then you were fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's even more interesting is that because this is, as you may have gathered, kind of closely related to hypnosis, Mm -hmm. some would call franz mesmer the father of hypnosis oh
0: huh
1: so although the two theories are hardly identical um this is
0: being sort of realish
1: yeah yeah us actually having some like evidence that there is something there with hypnosis and there are certain ways to practice it and um you know there are certain certainly very many people who are trying to do studies on hypnosis now mm-hmm. um uh, mesmerism kind of led people in that direction, and those uh, those ideas inspired what was later known as hypnosis. Hmm. Um, one other thing I thought was really interesting, I read this on a, a psychology website about a, kind of the history of psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Is that this was also known as the first secular psychotherapy? Huh. Um, up until that time, any kind of therapy was very much based on the teachings of the church and was told from a religious perspective. Um, and while there certainly was some kind of spiritualism, you may say, to this, uh, to this therapy, it was not based on any kind of traditional, you know, Judeo-Christian or any other kind of religious background, uh, which opened the doors to um, the, the, I think I saw it phrase, the great um, unchurched, <laughs> uh, to intertherapy, which was a good thing.
0: So good news. Nobody got hurt too bad, save for a few well-off folks and a poor, disgruntled <laughs> blindfolded twelve-year-old, and maybe a blind pianist.
1: Maybe perhaps the jury's still out. I don't know. I th- that was that was pretty interesting. And obviously today this isn't practice. Yeah. Hypnotism is, but mesmer- mesmerism is not.
0: Uh. Well. Thank you so much for listening to our episode here about our our, our new friend and personal idol, Franz Mesmer. Uh, uh,
1: He's a pretty cool he dude. He seems like a
0: cool guy. I kind of dig it. So, um, so
1: maybe that's the the uh, end of the, you know, the moral of this story, Justin, is that you don't actually have to invent anything that's useful.
0: Just name something just after me. make
1: something up. Run with and it, huh? Be really cool about it, and then we'll name it after you.
0: Uh, thank you to everybody who donated to our program in the Max Fund Drive. We had a record-setting year, and it was it was just so fantastic to have everybody.
1: Yeah, thank uh, you guys so much. Uh,
0: thank you to folks tweeting about the show, like Felicia, Venetia, Brianne, Joe, Dennis, uh, Donald, Hallie, Evan, uh, G, Mackenzie, Daniel, uh, Travis, Jonathan. Uh, Ennis Asher, Mike, so many others. Uh, Corey Doctorow, thank you so much for tweeting about our program. It's awesome you listen. Uh, and so many others. Uh, that is the best way we have of spreading the word. We don't advertise or anything. So if you could tell somebody about the show, uh, send them a link to our iTunes page or just uh, That That is all great by us. Uh, and while you're at our iTunes page, if you leave us a review and subscribe there, that is also massively, massively helpful.
1: Yes, thank you. I I read all of those and I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us what you think.
0: Thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines at the beginning and ending of our program. Uh, They're the taxpayers on Twitter so you can go follow them if you want to do that and buy all their music. And uh, be sure to head over to MaximumFun.org. That's our network and there's a lot of other great shows you can enjoy there like Judge John Hodgman, The Goose Down, Jordan, Jesse Go, Bullseye,
1: my uh, brother my brother and me thank you
0: so much sweetheart and many many more uh go on over there and head over to the forums you can talk about this episode and all the other uh programming we have uh, that's going to do it for us this week uh and t- be sure to join us again next week for another episode of sawbones until then i'm just McElroy. i'm sydney McElroy. as always don't drill a hole in your head